Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. My name is Bruce Johnson, you'll notice, yes, I am in a different location today. Uh, I had vehicle issues and then I had all sorts of things happen. Uh, South Dakota has a lot of wind and a lot of weather and just... Yeah, it's been an eventful week. So here I am in a different new location, but I'm joined, as always, by my brother, Jacob Johnson. Welcome. I don't know. I'm trying something new. I, I don't know. <laughs> Let me know what new. I should say. Don't I don't know what to say here at this point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jacob will be the st- uh, stabilizing, the, the factor of stability on this episode. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so today is Current Events Monday, and um, unfortunately, this this is like the first Current Events Monday since we started the tie tradition that I'm not wearing a tie, and it's killing me, because Jacob is, and I was promised he wasn't going Shame to wear him. a tie. So Shame him, everyone. He's yeah. not wearing a tie. <laughs> Shame him. Yes. So I am ashamed. I feel ashamed. Uh, but it's Current Events Monday. We've got so much to go over. Last week, big thing happened. Um, if you were one of the unfortunate souls using the Silicon Valley Bank, oh my goodness, you poor soul. Uh, we're going to talk about that. And then I've been tasked yet again with producing a theological wrap-up, and I think this time, this time, it finally has at least one or two things to do with Jacob's topic, so that'll come bit, at the end. Yes, that'll be five minutes at the end of this episode. Keep in mind, minutes, everyone, I promise. think I think we've hit upon a new system that we're going to be doing from now on. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Why wasn't I, I told about this? Oh, well, <laughs> we've been doing it for like the past like four okay. or five weeks. I mean. Okay. I was I doing it. It had to be told. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I was doing it, and I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, if everybody the... likes it. Oh, the current of your... I see which... Okay, we are finally on the same page. The new system is that I do the theological wrap-up at the yes. end, and yeah. you have it. Brilliant. I was very confused for a second there. I don't know why. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's all right. It's so, high, everyone. It, it makes t- all the difference. It makes all the, all the difference. I need the tie. Where I tie, you become smarter. Yes. <laughs> that is, yes, scientifically proven. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, before quote, we get into... Quote Jacob Johnson, 2023. Yes. Yeah, right. Where we'll tie, you put that on smarter. all our social media pages. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. So, before we get into all of that, we have to do what we always do, which is talk about our verse of the week this week. It's, uh, we're back to our couple verses for our verse of the week segment. Um, this week we are, uh, talking about John chapter 12 verses 30 through 32. So this passage says, Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to my Self. And again, that's John chapter 12, verses 30 through 32. So I won't spend a ton of time on this. The implications of this are so far reaching. Um, it's incredible. What, what's being described here, what Christ is saying is twofold. Um, and it's 
one of these passages that just sheds light on so much confusion. You know, there's other passages that talk about the, the God of this world. And people take that to mean that Satan is the one who's in control. Um, in error, they believe that. Um, and there's other passages that talk about, well, the, the, the Christ bringing all nations to himself, that comes in the future. That's something that'll happen um, after his second coming. This verse dispels both of those notions in one fell swoop. Uh, and it's from Christ himself. This is just an incredible passage full of hope because it says the judgment of this world is now. The ruler of this world will be cast out when? Christ even gives us a time frame. Now. Now Satan is bound. Now the ruler of this world, Satan, has been cast out. And he was lifted up from the earth. And then John goes on and, and commentates on this. And he says that that's to describe what manner of death he would uh, how he would die, right? So he was lifted up on a cross, which he was. When I'm lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. So now Christ's death, resurrection, and ascension means all people are being drawn to him now. All the glory that's described during the millennial reign of Christ, which is just, we believe it's a symbolic millennial reign. It's a long period of time when Christ is reigning. He's reigning now. He's bringing all people to himself now. He's bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth now. And on top of all of that, the most magnificent news is that Satan's bound. The ruler of this world has been cast out. And this verse just dispels all of those false notions of, of pessimism in one fell swoop. So I thought this was a great way to kick off the week. And while today we are going to be discussing something tragic and unfortunate, um, uh, certainly to people who've lost all of their money uh, in this way or had uh, massive economic disruptions, um, we have to keep our eye on the prize, as it were. We have to stay focused, remember who's really in charge, and then in my theological wrap-up, I'll go a little bit more in depth. So now for the rest of this episode, pretty much, Jake, take away. <laughs> for the next, like, 20, 15 yeah. to 20 minutes. Yeah. 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 Um, so let me start it with an article, like I typically do. Sometimes I've been, you know, giving you a short little introduction as to what topic I'm going to be talking about, but I think Bruce did a decent enough job, so I'll just go straight into the article. And the article, well, not the article for today. I have several articles for today, but my first article that I want to go over is um, how does a bank collapse in 48 hours? A timeline of the SVB fall. Uh, well, starting out, the Silicon Valley Bank collapsed. And we don't mean the building actually fell down. We're, we're talking about monetary collapsing. We're talking about not bankruptcy in a sense, but it's it's um just like monetary failure. Um, the reason for its collapse is first, is for many reasons and many difficult to understand and explain reasons. But... Let me try and break it down as well as I can. Uh, hopefully some of this makes sense. Um, I think it does. I think it does. First is because of the raising in interest rates um, that the government does to lower inflation. So because of a high inflation, they have to raise interest rates to bring down the inflation. Um, so Which they caused in the first place. Right, meaning meaning now on loans, your interest rates on those loans are going to be higher. Mm -hmm. You're paying more interest on those loans. 
So great. Um, and what is what right now is booming more than anything, or what is like the most tense market right now? Housing, which requires mm-hmm. insane amounts of loans. So that doesn't help. <laughs> no, no. Also, with this inflation, this is kind of my second second point. Uh, with this inflation, it caused businesses to take more out of the bank to survive. Um, in order to beat the inflation, they have to take. Uh, they call it a bank run. So they, and and really, this is like they are taking money out of the bank. First of all, for their business to survive, but also another reason they're taking money out of the bank is because of some things that the SVB, the Silicon Valley Bank, said that kind of clued them into, oh no, it's starting to fall. It's it's failing. So everybody was like afraid. Yeah. So they took out as much money as they could causing it to fail even faster. So, yeah, this is now they don't have any money uh, in the bank. What's that Christmas movie? The uh, Oh, it's, oh, it's a Wonderful, wonderful Life. life. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, George yeah. Bailey and yeah, Bank Run. Yeah. 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 Yep. If you um, watch that movie, if, if you're still confused about a bank run and how banks work, uh, that, that movie is great research for you to, uh, to do. <laughs> yeah, in the 1950s. Yeah. It's changed a little bit, a little bit since then, but, you know. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this this all happened within two days. Two days this all happened, where the bank just completely fell. Uh, but don't worry. Don't worry. Everyone, everyone at CNN assures us that this was just a fluke accident and it's not it's not contagious it's not going to happen to any other bank in america it's no. we're fine it just an oddball thing it's fine just the fact that they fine. say that frightens me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> uh, even though the cause for it was inflation and that is mm-hmm. all across america right um so no, don't worry. It, it only happened to this one. Inflation doesn't affect any other bank. Yeah. No, just this one. Mm. Um, keep in mind, this is the second biggest bank collapse since t- 2008 uh, in the Great Recession. Yeah. Wow. So this is, yeah. The, the first, first largest was in 2008 during the Great Recession. Now we're in the second biggest. Oh, sorry. I thought you said Great Depression, and I was like, oh. um, um, no, Great Recession. <laughs> okay, Recession. Okay. Yep. Yes. Gotcha. Yep. Um, my ne- which this leads me into my next article: SVB collapse, the impact to the crypto market. Ooh, now we're getting into cryptocurrency and the, all this digital digital currency. Yeah, so this collapse not only impacts the businesses directly connected to the bank and the people who are the people who are directly connected to it, but also those who are involved in cryptocurrency or digital digital money. Um, because the Silicon Valley Bank was the bank for tech companies, a ton of tech companies went to the Silicon Valley Bank, um, such as Roku and another. A, gaming system called Roblox, if anybody knows of those, um, they they both lost tons of money wow. because, of the S- because of the SVB falling. I think it was Roku lost over $500 million 
um, which was a quarter of their company. Oh my goodness. Yes. A quarter of their, their company's uh, money. Um, wow. I think Roblox only lost 5% of its company's value uh, because of the SVB collapse. But yeah, this is it's big. It's big. But um, because it's a company for all these tech organizations, and in the mix of these companies uh, is connected to some very large cryptocurrencies. Um, I think, now don't quote me on this, but I think the article said uh, Bitcoin was one of them that was connected to this. Um, but I'm not sure on that. Uh, but all really all I got from the article was that it was some some very large companies that were connected to this and, and it caused some real problems. And with the collapse of this monetary system that we, and with the collapse of really a bunch of monetary systems that we know today, the government wants to implement its own currency to control, or I mean, I mean, for your well-being. Yeah. And so this type of thing doesn't happen again. It's not for control. We don't want to control you. It's to help yeah. you. Right. Right. Um, which leads me into talking about the CBDC. Now, SWIFT, uh, hold on, let me, let me open up the article so I can show you the headline. Uh, SWIFT CBD, CBDC uh, testing shows positive results advancing the project to the next phase. Now, CBDC, um, not to confuse CBD, there's a C <laughs> on the end of it. Uh, so we're not talking about marijuana here. Um, but this will be a drug. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. Just um, like welfare and just like government education. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if I had more time. Now, I do have a good bit of time. I'm actually, I did not, I did not plan this very well. I don't have a whole lot of time. Actually, no, I have five minutes. Never mind, I don't have enough time. I really do not have enough time. Um, ten minutes. Take ten minutes. Well, I, I can get this in five. Don't worry, I can okay. get this in five. Great. I can do it in five. Great. I got this. I got this. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> uh, That's what I say every time, Jake. Eh, it doesn't work so well for me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, our, last, our last current events was 40 minutes. That's <laughs> <Yes>, true. <laughs> uh, uh, but... I do not have enough time <laughs> to go into a lot of details here. But if our audience wants, if you people out there want, I can give you and show you articles that shows the CBDC's connection to the World Economic Forum. Mm. Uh, for those that don't know, the World Economic Forum is not a good thing. Bad news. Not. Very bad. Um, but hopefully, you can just go along with me for now. And if you really want... You can go pause the video, send us an email asking for these articles that show that, or do your own research and look up look up that evidence you, your, yourself. Uh, but certainly, we would love to give you the articles that we have to show you this this connection. Uh, because I, I don't want you to just take my word for it. I want you to go look for it, look it up. Um, obviously, never take my just my word for it. Um, but... Just take my word for it for night <laughs> until you can do your own research. Suspend disbelief until you've read. 
Yeah. And then you can disbelieve. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, the CBDC is a new system that makes a universal worldwide currency. The oh, issue with worldwide. it. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. just in the U.S. Wow. It's yeah. It's universal worldwide currency. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's basically making it so that the same money that you can spend in America will be the same money that you can spend in Russia or Europe or wow. Asia. So it's all kind of trying to do what same. like the euro was, where all the countries in Europe kind of use the same sort of mm-hmm. currency, mm-hmm. and yeah, and yeah, they just want this worldwide. Now, yeah. I don't necessarily have a problem of, with this on its own the problem with this is first of all as i mentioned before if bruce if you can think of anything just let me know just you can you can say that but um for right now i think the problem with this is that it's being first of all controlled by the government second of all it's connected to the world economic forum which we already know has terrible values and is, is very bad um those are the two main problems that i have with it Worldwide yeah. currency well, as a whole? I don't know. It's also um, a virtual currency, which is highly problematic because you're not tying it to something. Now, I know that there's um, there was at the at the last Fight Life East conference we were at in Knoxville, Tennessee, there was a, a booth right next to ours called Thank God for Bitcoin. Um, Christian company talking about how Bitcoin is actually very biblical, how it's a good thing. It's interesting. We interviewed him on the show. If you missed that interview, go back and check it out. But um, he had some interesting theories on that front. I'm still not fully convinced that Bitcoin, those sorts of monetary things that aren't based on gold, for instance, or um, those sorts of things. I'm I'm just not positive that that's entirely biblical to have it. Now, the, the, the thing with Bitcoin is that it is limited, right? So it's a virtual currency, digital currency, but it's it's limited. You can't produce more of it, which is good. That means that it's actually not something they can get their fingers in and mess with and devalue, right? Because inflation is theft. You were, someone has $5 in their pocket, the government, civil government prints more of it. That $5 now is worth less than it was before. You just stole from that person. So keeping them from stealing is good. If the currency is in their hands, that's not great it's a little scary <laughs> and it's yeah. not based on yeah. something that's um uh non-fudgeable or it's not um can't be replicated right so like gold for instance there's only a certain amount of it that we know of that we have um and that's why it's such a rare and expensive commodity yeah and then and that's i think in doing some of this research um looking at a few verses that seem to kind of have a sense to them. And I, the reason I don't bring them up on the show right now is because I'm not sure of it. I don't want to make too, too big of a statement saying that it's, this is the, this is the only thing, you know, this is, as I was doing some research, I just came across these few things uh, and I just figured I would mention them, but a couple of verses that I was looking at seem to kind of portray in a sense that the, the, the money sort of like this, what you trade and what you use as money sort of needs to be tangible. But again, I, I could be wrong on that. Someone could find a whole boatload of verses over there that Sounds seem like to, we need to uh, go against it. Have that guy on our show again. 
think yeah. that's Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, that would actually be... I, I, yeah. I sense a guest appearance coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, which this leads me into my last article. And I think this is the whole reason that I brought this up. Uh, the CBDC is why CBDC will likely be ID based. That's the article name. Yes, this is exactly why we don't want the government controlling this. Now your money is linked to your personal ID. Um, And if the civil government doesn't feel good about you one day, then they can Mm -hmm. just shut off your access to your money. And this is an issue because with Sin Nature, uh, they could just do that. They just, at any point, you, you you don't seem right to them or they you disagree with them you're gone you can't buy anything that day Mm -hmm. or for a month or however long they want um and i would say this like bruce was just saying this kind of the non-tangibleness of this kind of compounds the issue makes this hard to really like try and make sure that it does well now not to say that that means it's a problem necessarily it just makes things a little bit harder for us to make sure that it stays biblical there are more there are more problems that could happen with it that doesn't necessarily mean that we shouldn't try it at all yeah um so yeah and that's the end of that (laughs) yeah well what's interesting too is that there are lots of states who are getting on board with this idea as well um in america so the, the good thing is that it is kind of being done on a state-by-state level, um, whether they adopt it well, or it not, or whether they create their own. Well, we we take for granted the fact that people will actually follow the Constitution and put true. it up to the that states in the first place. So when that actually does happen, which is very rare these days, when it does actually happen, we have to state it and be like, this mm-hmm. is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's supposed to, but that's not how things work anymore. All power that isn't in the the civil government that isn't specifically stated in the Constitution is left to the state. That's the Ninth Amendment, right um, there. Yep. 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 But that doesn't always happen because no, people forget the Ninth Amendment. They do. We forget they a do lot indeed. of the amendments. <laughs> we forget the entire document itself. Like, let's yes. let's be honest here. We forget. First and not only that, Second Amendment. Yeah. Yeah. Not only that, that, we forget the document that that document was founded on. Like, right. The Constitution right. didn't just come out of nowhere. It wasn't just like, hey, I got an idea. Yo, Franklin, come on over here. Let's write this down. Jefferson, get your quill. I got some thoughts. You know what? <laughs> that's not that's not what happened. <laughs> I don't think the New Yorker accent was invented back then. Yes. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> they did come from Boston, but time travel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's go throw some tea in the harbor. See what happens. I don't know. <laughs> nice. Give me, right. give me liberty or give me death. I yeah. didn't mean actual death. I mean, yeah. death by chocolate death. <laughs> Jim Gaffigan. It's hilarious. <laughs> Sweet. So, do I take this as my cue to go and do theological yes. wrap-up, or am I early? Please okay. do. Wow, it's 23 minutes. I All right, no. this is the earliest I think I've gotten to this. I might actually finish in 30 minutes. <laughs> Or we'll finish on 30 minutes. I don't mean we'll finish 30 yeah. minutes from now. That's not what I... Oh, boy. So, um, <laughs> I have... 30 minutes. Everybody buckle yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> buckle up. It's a big one. It's a doozy. 
So what I want to take the, the last few minutes of this episode to do, because we are reformed dissenters, we start the show off by saying we dissent against popular ideas of culture by what? Asserting a biblical worldview. And whether or yeah, not that, point that, that is stuck in your memory. Yes, right. Hopefully by this point, it's like, <laughs> yep, that makes Ingrained. sense. You probably, com hopefully completed my sentence. Um, so when we, when we dissent, we don't just dissent by saying, that's wrong. We dissent by saying, the Bible says this. If you're against the Bible, I'm against you. Simple as that. It's not, well, and they're going in the right direction. They're a Republican, so maybe they have some... So let's compromise and see what... No. No. Christ said, if you're with me, you're with me. If you're not with me, you're against me. So we take this very seriously, what the Bible says. So I want to talk about something we've talked about on the show lots of times before. But I want to summarize it in five minutes. So here we go. Civil government. What is it? Civil government is the justice division of society. We say that all the time. We've said that for months. Here's why we say it. I want to kind of add some proof texts to this statement that we say on this show all the time. Civil government is the justice division of society. Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 7. Hey, hey, here we go. Romans 13. All up in arms. Get angry with us. I don't care. Romans 13 is the summary of the judicial laws. It's a summary text. It's not explaining every integral part of the civil government. It's a summary text. Romans 13 says the civil government is, quote, not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. And then it goes on and it says, would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good and you will receive his approval. That's a description of a good civil government, a civil government acting the way it should. It's a summary. Again, this passage also says that civil government is, quote, God's servant for your good. And it goes on to say that if you commit a biblically defined crime, you should be afraid because, quote, he does not bear the sword in vain. Romans 13 goes on to talk about the fact that the civil government is God's servant. We gloss over that so often, but the civil government is God's servant. That's the important, one of the key things about this text. And since that's true, we have to ask, what is it that this servant of God is commanded to do? They're God's servant. Obviously, they're serving him. How are they supposed to serve him? What are the commands they're supposed to be following? These verses give us a summary of this duty. The civil government bears the sword, the death penalty, and they punish the evildoer. They are the justice division of society. But the great thing about the Bible is that God doesn't just give us some vague command about punishing evil without telling us what this evil is and how to punish it. He gave us the Old Testament and the New Testament for a reason. We don't just have one half of the Bible. We have both halves. The entire book, an, an entire book of the Bible, Deuteronomy, and huge chunks of others, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, are devoted to showing us how to construct a civil government God's way. From these books, the founding fathers of America derived principles like democratic republic, militias, which is the opposite of a standing army, and an extremely limited civil government. Most importantly for our conversation today, these books show us that the civil government is not meant to leave the bounds of justice uh, after, um, I'm sorry, it's not meant to leave the bounds of justice after a biblically defined crime has been committed. So what that means is that they are the justice division of society. They stay within that. 
limited roles of defense as well, which we've talked about numerous times, after a biblically defined crime has been committed. Societies, when um, they follow God and his way, run smoothly. Societies run smoothly when they run God's way. It's one of my key points I want to get across. God didn't just drop us on this earth without revealing himself or his desires for our lives. He also didn't leave us to figure literally everything out for ourselves, <laughs> especially when it comes to entire societies where millions, if not billions, of lives are at stake. This is not just some random pocket of society. This is like the whole society where billions of lives are at stake. We have to take this very seriously. And God wouldn't just leave that up to our own machinations and imaginations. That would be horrifying. Thankfully, he didn't do that. If the God who created every mountain, every sea, every bird, every insect, and the most powerful supercomputer on the planet, the human brain, if that God speaks and tells you how to structure a society, you better listen. Gary DeMar does a brilliant job breaking down God's structure of society in his three-part series called God and Government. I know the name Gary DeMar is very heated right now, but he's written some tremendous books, and we would be remiss of our duties in presenting you with what we believe the Bible says if we didn't mention what Gary DeMar has to say on this topic, because he does a tremendous job here. As he explains, societies have four different component governments to them. The individual, the family, the church, and the state, the civil government. All of them have a role to play. It's when one of these governments neglects their duties that we get tyranny. And tyranny is cruel, unreasonable, or arbitrary use of power or control. If the family government no longer trains up their children in the nurture and paideia, paideia is the Greek word, it means enculturation, all areas of life, and the paideia of the Lord, one of the other governments will inevitably step up to fill in the vacuum. That's how it works. And as another totally random, this is just, you know, out of the blue, totally random example. Uh, if the church, for instance, I don't know, the church government, uh, doesn't teach people how to structure their lives and how to structure the rest of society in a biblical manner, one of the other governments will step in. And since the other governments aren't meant to be the pillar and ground of truth, applying all of scripture to all of life, then you will eventually get a horribly disfigured society intent on its own destruction. Sound familiar? It should. That's where we are today. But if all of these parts of society understand and do what God created them for, wonderful blessings will be given to them. Israel experienced this. The first Christendom experienced this. And most recently, for a time, early America experienced this. But... All of this doesn't just come on its own. It also doesn't just come from us working on a top-down approach. Civil government and its politics are downstream from culture. What does that mean? You hear that phrase? Hopefully you hear that phrase a lot. If you don't, you're listening to the wrong shows. <laughs> There's a lot of really good shows that do talk about that. Steve Dace, Cross Politic. Um, Canon Plus has a ton of the Wade, Wade show. Great show on Canon Plus. I love it's hilarious. It's basically like the better version of the Matt Walsh show. <laughs> um, he's literally got the same beard, same glasses, same monotone voice, same jokes, but it's way better. <laughs> uh, so check that out. If you don't have Canon Plus, the Wade show is tremendous. All of those talk about civil government and its politics are downstream from culture. So what does that mean? 
it's downstream and we want to f affect the downstream. We want to affect politics. We want to affect civil government. How do we do it? Do we go right to this? That would be stupid. <laughs> That's moronic. Um, no, we, we do it the way that Christ told us to do it. We make disciples of all nations by giving them the gospel of the kingdom. Not a limited truncated gospel that says, you're a sinner, Christ died for your sins, you're saved from your sins. And we leave it there. Nope, that's not the gospel. That's a truncated, limited gospel message. That's the salvation message. What is that salvation it's for? the foundation of the gospel. Amen. But we can't just have a foundation without a house. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Build the rest of the house. Stop laying again a foundation of all of those things. We understand. We get it. It's a glorious, beautiful truth. But that truth leads to so much more. And because the churches today refuse to preach on everything else the Bible talks about, we are a totally disfigured society intent on our own destruction. We're Romans 1 today because of the church. So how do we fix this society? How do we fix this uh, civil government? The people. The individual government has to be saved first. Fix it. Teach them how to live according to God's word. Secondly, the building blocks of society, family government, needs to be fixed. Then the church. Then lastly, the civil government. So, and and that's hopefully, my theological hopefully you do this like, hopefully you do this in through your church, right? Mm -hmm. So really, the biggest, the most effective way to go about reforming the individual, then reforming the family, then reforming the church, then reforming the civil. You got to start with the church. Yep. Sorry, not you got to start with the church. You you got to use your church to start with the individual and go on up. So hopefully yep. the church that you're in. Yeah. 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 If, if your church is not willing to preach all of Christ for all of life, then it's time to leave. It's time to find, find a church that does. Yep. Try and find a church that is the pillar and ground of truth. And it's not just riding their own hobby horse, doing what they're comfortable with, which is a limited truncated message. Because that doesn't offend too many people. What does offend people is telling them you're living wrongly. You're structuring your family government wrongly. You're structuring your job. You're doing that incorrectly. The Bible that doesn't all put people in seats. No, it doesn't. <laughs> nope. It doesn't. But if done correctly, God will bless that work. And you may find more people in those seats than you expected to. All right. Anything you'd like to say before we wrap up, Jake? Uh, no, not really. You said I it. think you said it. I was, I was saying a good bit there, I think. Full time. I think yeah. that's enough. I think right. the audience has heard enough of me. <laughs> well, if they've heard enough of you, they've heard enough of me. Thank you all so much for listening or watching us today. Listening to us or watching us. Uh, our show website is trdshow.net. Send us an email, trdshow at protimail.com. Thanks again. Looking forward to seeing you on uh, Wednesday. And until then, remember everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord. <laughs>